Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. So, it's just you and me again today, and I wanted to talk to you about minimalism and maximalism. We're still at the beginning of the year, and a lot is going around the internet and social media about minimalism because we're all looking for a fresh start, and we usually feel motivated at this time of the year to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Usually, this stems from a desire for simplicity and a sense of calm within our hectic lives, and I am totally on board with that because it's true that our stuff can quickly feel like it owns us rather than the other way around. But side note, I think there's a way to do some mindful decluttering that at the same time helps you actively refine your style. Maybe I'll do an episode on that, just that at some point. Anyway, today I want to talk about the minimalist-maximalist dichotomy. I follow a guy on Instagram who is unapologetically maximalist. He's a collector extraordinaire, and his house is jam-packed, although beautifully curated, so that it feels amazing to him and looks great to a large number of people, judging by the 67,000 followers he has. You can find him on Instagram at notaminimalist, and I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too. On the other end of the spectrum are two other Instagram accounts that I follow. One is at unstuffed.pod, because it's a podcast, and the other is at Sustainable Minimalists, also a podcast. Both of these ladies have concerns about the environment, disposable lifestyles, personal debt, etc., etc. By the way, I happened to be interviewed by both of them on their podcast recently and really enjoyed those conversations about minimalism. Now, admittedly, I'm not a minimalist, at least not according to our typical definition of minimalism. I love collecting things. I have a ton of stuff on my walls, and I definitely have more than two tablecloths, and I change my pillows out seasonally. In fact, I have bins in my basement full of decor that I'm not currently using, organized by material, size, and color. And yet, I have a very specific feeling of dread that washes over me from time to time. I'll be sitting in bed or on the couch, trying to relax, minding my own business, when all of a sudden an image pops into my head. I imagine the drawers, the closets, cabinets, 
all kind of come to life and they're about to explode on top of me, burying me in stuff. And I get a little panicky. And the next thing you know, I'm knee deep in decluttering mode. So I get it if you're feeling that way and have vowed to adopt a monk's lifestyle going forward. But even in the midst of feeling like I've got too much stuff, those those moments of panic, and I need to, you know, go hold a mega yard sale, I don't ever think, uh-oh, I'm becoming a minimalist. No, I, I never assume that that's the way I'm headed. And that's because the things I choose to put on display rotation are all important elements of my signature style. So if you're a maximalist, the key is to be so very intentional about what it is you hold on to, to actually use those things at least once a year that you've held on to, and to be clear about whether or not something new deserves the space it's going to take up in your home and in your reservoir of sanity that you've built up in your mental health checking account. And yes, you got to go through your things every few years or so and reevaluate your relationship with them, and you will probably let things go. So I feel this tension within myself. There's a part of me that loves the simplicity of minimalism. And the reality of me is that I love my stuff. So what's a maximalist with minimal tendencies to do? Or maybe it's the opposite for you. What's a minimalist with maximalist tendencies to do? For starters, let's expand the definition of both. One way to look at them is this. Maximalism means having a lot of stuff and minimalism means having very little. One requires you to always be dusting. The other requires only one dust cloth because it takes you about five minutes to do your whole place. But when I say the word maximalism, what else comes to mind? To me, maximalism means bold colors, lots of pattern, lots of attention paid to details and embellishments. It means investing in a really big piece of art or sculpture or an extremely tall, ornate hutch in lacquered red from Japan. But any of these things can go inside a home that doesn't have a lot of stuff. Imagine that really big piece of art on the wall of a home that's painted all white. And it's the only piece of art. All the other walls are blank. What's happening here? is maximalist impact. Sure, if that tall, lacquered Japanese hutch were in a room that also had collections of things on every surface, it might still be a standout if the person had some skills in mixing everything together. But now imagine it in a dining room with a simple chairs and a table where everything is in neutral colors. That hutch is really going to stand out and have an even bigger impact. And that's a very valid way of expressing your signature style. You can have maximalist impacts throughout your minimally outfitted home. It could be found in a mural of brilliant colors or how you paint the stair runner or by choosing to invest in a large sculpture that's the only decorative object in the entire room. Or even by keeping everything one color, the walls, the molding, the door frames, but using multiple textures like stone and wood and linen and velvet and woven baskets in the furniture and accessories to give that feeling of maximum impact without having a lot of stuff. What I'm saying is there are ways of being maximalist, even if you hate dusting. Okay, now let's look at the reverse. 
What if you really love to collect things, and yet there's a part of you that craves simplicity? Your first challenge is to tackle the clutter so that the things that are meant to be seen aren't muddied by piles of things that really aren't meant to be seen, things that don't belong in that room or out in the open. If you're going to have a maximalist home that feels well put together, you will have to spend a little extra energy maintaining it. But if you keep your clutter to a minimum and don't let the detritus of life pile up, it's actually not that hard. It means you have to have some really good organizing systems in place and everything has to have a place that it can easily be put away quickly without moving a bunch of stuff around, without having to travel up uh, different floors of your house or whatever to find the bin that the thing goes in. So be relentless with the paperwork that comes into your home, even as you allow yourself to go crazy and display yet another Maholika vase. The other challenge for maximalists who don't want their house to look like a mishmash of junk is in thinking creatively about how to display all of your stuff. Now, I know the word curation has become overused, and you might be rolling your eyes, as I often do when I hear it now, but it really is the best word to describe the deliberate combination of objects whose specific arrangement creates a whole new composition. And doing that well simply takes practice and paying attention to things like the shape and the scale and the visual weight of your objects. Now, I'm not able to elaborate more on how to do that right now in the space of this episode, but I do teach stuff inside our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, that, that's just like this. So <laughs> please excuse the shameless plug. I'm just saying that it's not something that you're going to immediately be able to do overnight. It does take a little practice and training your eye, but it is totally possible. And believe me, I make it fun to do because you can learn the art of display. It's not a you're either born with it or you're not kind of thing. And it ain't rocket science. And one more point regarding the whole maximalist with minimalist tendencies thing. I found a lot of peace when I minimize other aspects of my life while keeping my maximally decorated home. Actually, this probably goes across the board, no matter whether or not your, your, your aesthetic is minimalist or maximalist. When I minimize clutter, minimize toys, which I did when my kids were, kids were younger, minimize the amount of duplicates I have of utilitarian objects, minimize my wardrobe, minimize the number of skincare and cleaning supplies I have, and even minimizing toxic relationships and commitments to things I don't really want to do. All of that seemed to make a huge difference in my life, even though I was looking at a ton of color and pattern and collections and compositions and vignettes that I have throughout my home. Those are all ways I'm practicing minimalism. There's one that still eludes me, though. I haven't figured out yet how to minimize the process of getting dinner on the table every night. I'm one of those people who grocery shops almost every day because I can't possibly plan ahead to know what I'm going to want to eat seven nights from now. So if any of you guys have any suggestions for me on how to get over that, I would be very appreciative. Anyway, I said in the beginning that I wanted to talk about the dichotomy between minimalism and maximalism. And what I hope I've convinced you of is that it's a false dichotomy. You can be both a maximalist and a minimalist if you want to. It all depends on how you define it. Let me know what you think. I'd love to know where you fall on the minimalist maximalist scale. I'm always interested 
to kind of get a sense of where people's heads are at. So drop me an email anytime, Zandra at slowstylehome.com. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.